Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today, we are going to break down the best players in fantasy basketball. We're talking the first round. Who should you select with your first pick for fantasy basketball drafts? Let's go! Jordan, open! Chicago with the lead! Not a game. We talking about practice. LeBron James with no regard for human life. And he's going to Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Curry for three. Wow! Unbelievable. Making it rain in New York. We the North are now we the champions. Not the destination. This is the journey. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy. And today, like we said at the top of the show, guys, we are talking the best players in fantasy hoops. The first round, who should you draft as your first pick to start the beginnings of your fantasy basketball team? These are the most important picks of the draft. They're going to shape your draft. And uh, look, Spoiler alert, they're all good, but in which order should they go off the draft board? I'm going to give you my thoughts on today's show, guys. Um, Just a disclaimer before we get stuck into the top 12 and a couple of honorable mentions, this is more targeted towards category leagues. I will be doing a separate video and podcast for points leagues. The order is different, um, so have a look on that one if you're looking for points leagues for both ESPN and and Yahoo. This one is a little bit more slanted towards head-to-head leagues, but if you are in a row leagues, we'll discuss on some of the uh, differences when it comes to that um, rankings list over there. So we are just going to get stuck straight into it. Again, if you haven't already, check out ballboysmba.com for my complete rankings of my top 150 for both points and category leagues, and my top 250 projections for all of these players, but we're going to get stuck into it straight away. At number one, no huge surprise here. I'm not going to be super controversial at number one here. I'm going to be going Nikola Jokic as the first player that should be picked in your fantasy basketball drafts. He just simply is the best player in fantasy basketball. He was the best player last year. He was the best player the year before that. And I expect him to be number one again this season. He is super efficient. Field goal percentage is one of the best in the NBA. Rebounds assists, steals, he shoots free throws well, he gets nearly 25 points per game, he's just all-rounded, the only thing that he doesn't do super well is hit threes, but again, he is your center, it doesn't really matter, I don't think you should overthink it, there was a case where maybe someone who was at number two might push him this season, but I think for the safety alone, someone like a Nikola Jokic should be the first player picked in any format, really, uh, in fantasy basketball drafts. Don't get too cute. Uh, don't overthink it. Even if he doesn't finish at number one, he will more than likely finish top three or four and um, be... He, he will not... He's the most... Again, touch wood. I'm going to jinx the man, but he's the least 
bustable player in the NBA. He is someone who is just going to be super safe and he's going to carry your team in fantasy basketball this season. So not going to go too much in detail, but number one, Nikola Jokic. He is uh, the clear first pick, in my opinion. Number two, Joel Embiid. He is the guy that I, for a split second in the preseason, I thought could potentially overtake uh, Jokic this season. And I still think that that could definitely be the case. He was very close to Jokic last season, had his MVP year, but still fell just short. But he's going to be insane in scoring, rebounds. He's putting up nearly four assists per game from a center position, a steal, one and a half blocks. The efficiency both from the free throw line especially and the field is solid. Um, The field goal from a center is not as elite as some of the other centers in the league, obviously, but he's going to hit you a three per game. Again, someone who you can draft with confidence. There's a little bit of concern out there with his injury and durability history, but he's put together a number of seasons recently where he's played a decent chunk of games. I'm not too worried about the MVP hangover or anything like that. You've got a small bit of upside in there, depending on what happens with a James Harden trade. So he could even see more usage, more assist opportunities in this team this year with no James Harden there. Um, but yeah, in the last two seasons, he's played 66 and 68 games. The previous two seasons, 51 on both. So for a first-round pick, a lot of these guys do just tend to miss games, miss um, you know due to injuries or rests and things like that. So Joel Embiid, you might have thought of him as an injury-prone player from the beginning of his career. I don't necessarily think that that is a fair label to have on him these days. He's played above average compared to the rest of these guys the past two seasons, and I think he will be a decent bet to do that again this year. It would not shock me if he is the number one player when it comes to the end of the season, but I still think that you take Jokic ahead of him just for the safety and the reliability of that, but Embiid has... In my opinion, the only real case to make to be the number one player outside of Nikola Jukic. So I think we're going to talk about tiers here as well. So in terms of my tiers, I'd probably have Jokic at a tier one and then like a little half tier behind him is Joel Embiid at number two. And then I think there is a decent jump down to pick number three when it comes to total nine category rankings and also minus one rankings values as well. So I think if you've got a top two picks, you are picking between these two centers. Um, There is a small case you can make for the guy here at number three, but I think you'd really be stretching it and um, overthinking at that point. I think these guys are a clear consensus top two. So Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Number three, this is where we've got another little tier break, and I've got three players in this group. So I could argue any one of these three guys to be at number three, but this is where I've landed. I have landed on Tyrese Halliburton being the number three pick for fantasy basketball category leagues. I think he's going to lead the NBA in assists this season. He's extremely efficient both from the field and from the free throw line. Gives you elite steal numbers. He actually also 
blocks half a shot per game, which for your point guard is slightly underrated in my opinion. He's not going to score as much as a lot of these guys in the um, top 12. I think his scoring does take another step up, but he also gives you elite threes. The rebounds are poor, but again, he's a he's a point guard, so that's not the end of the world. And if you do care, he is a good uh, player in terms of his turnovers. So his assist-to-turnover ratio is the best in the NBA. And I think in certain builds, that can actually be a very strong uh, aspect of his game, especially if you are looking at certain punt builds. I think that that is a big, big strength for him, his. And again, I'm referencing in a lot of these players minus one rankings. If you're not sure about what a minus one rankings in is, I would definitely recommend going and checking out my rankings video, which I did a few weeks ago. Very, very good information in there and how I evaluate, especially these first two rounds of the draft. I think that's the key way to go about it. And he comes out at number three. He also comes out at number three in my nine category projections as well. So I just think young player, You've got a lot of upside in terms of games played, minutes played. They're pushing for the playoffs. They've built the team around him. I just think that Tyrese Halliburton is maybe getting slept on a little bit. I think in ADP data, he's a little bit behind this. Again, I could argue for the two guards that are going to follow him to be ahead of him. I wouldn't fight you on it. But for me personally, I'm going to be taking Tyrese Halliburton at pick three for that elite assists, elite steals, excellent percentages, uh, elite threes as well. He's still going to score you a decent amount of points. You don't have to punt that category, but it is an option when you get a player like Tyrese Halliburton at number three. He is my pick. All right, moving on to pick number four. Luka Doncic is my guy here. I had him at three for a little while, but again, just reflecting on the numbers that when Kyrie Irving came over to the team after the All-Star break and trade deadline last year, he did see a slight hit to his assist with Kyrie on the team. He's still going to be putting up basically 30 to 32 points per game, eight or nine rebounds, seven or eight assists per game. The steals have come up the last couple of seasons. He's shooting efficiently nearly 50% from the field. The free throw percentage is poor on high volume. So again, his nine category rankings might not reflect where I've got him ranked in my draft order. But again, I'm taking into account minus one rankings, which is eliminating their worst category, weighting um, turnovers to only 25%. So for that reason, he shoots up the board in my projections and then you can build a team around him with those things in mind. So for me, Luka Doncic, he's just elite in points, rebounds, assists, great at threes and steals, solid in field goal percentage. He really contributes in a lot of categories. He's just dragged down in terms of his ranking because of his turnovers and free throw percentage. But we can deal with that in head-to-head leagues. We can punt those things. So I'm not too worried about him being someone that in a ranking sense is reflected more poorly than this spot. I think you could make an argue for him at number three if you prefer going with someone who scores a bit more, gets a few more rebounds. Um, I think that he's going to concede a few assists to someone like Tyrese Halliburton. I'm more relying on um, Tyrese's free throw percentage and steals than I am with a Luka. But Again, no no arguments or fights for me if you want to take Luca ahead of Tyrese at number three. I think he is in this kind of groupings with um, Tyrese and this next guy here. If you guys do want my, my detailed analysis and um, my rankings for all 150 players or 100, the top 150 players for rankings in categories and points leagues, as well as my in-detailed projections where I've projected out all the minutes, the stats, 
the minus one rankings, the fantasy points per game, the uh, nine category rankings, all the values of all the players in my top 250 you can head over to ballboysambia.com and get yourself a season guide membership. I've got options in both silver memberships and platinum memberships, depending on how nerdy and how in detail you want to get. And I've also released my dynasty rankings. If you're a dynasty manager, you can go check those ones out. So if you haven't already, and you've got a draft coming up and you want that extra bit of help, definitely recommend checking out ballboysmba.com. Get yourself a season guide for the ultimate tool to help you with your fantasy basketball drafts. All right, number five. And again, the last guy in a bit of a tier before it drops off again here. So at number five, I've got Shea Gildress-Alexander, SGA, who I believe was the number three ranked player last season. Yep, he was the number three ranked player. Insane jump from last year. Um, I've always been a big Shea fan, and I think I had him top 20 before his knee injury. But I did not expect him to go this high. The biggest thing that surprised me was his, was his huge jump in free throw percentage. So he went basically from an 80% guy to a 90% guy, which was a massive, massive jump on 10 attempts per game. So I'm expecting and projecting that to just scale back a little bit. I don't know if I fully buy him as a 90% guy from the free throw line just yet. Um, I'd want to see some more sample of that before I confidently project that. I also think with Chet Holmgren coming into this team, he averaged a block per game as a guard. I can definitely see that scaling back just a little bit. Maybe the rebounds come back and the scoring just takes a half step back. 1.6 steals as well. That Sometimes those steals can fluctuate. So I just see him regressing a little bit from last season. But again, he's very comfortable in the top or the first half of fantasy basketball drafts for me. And I think... Again, you could make the argument of, of drafting him at number three over a Luca or over a Tyrese Halliburton. But in my preference in how I want to build my teams, I think that he's the third guard among that list that I would be taking. But all of these guys in the top five, I think the top five is the strength of this draft. If you have a choice of picking where you draft in your fantasy leagues this year, I would definitely want to be picking somewhere inside the top five and then probably the next picks at six, seven, and eight are my preference. The end of the draft this year, I am very uncertain about. I have a lot of question marks, a lot of those guys. Um, So if I can get within that top five, and if not top eight, that's where I'd be wanting to pick because after pick five, I think there's a little bit of a tier drop off in at least what players can do in a per game scenario. Because I think these guys all can be really, really big monsters for your fantasy team. So Shea Gilchrist-Alexander is my pick at number five. Number six, I have my guys. You can see I'm wearing the Celtics merch. I've got Jason Tatum at number six. I have in my projections, if I just scroll over, I have actually got Jason Tatum projected at six per game, but it's very tight between him and the players I've got at seven and eight. I feel the most confident with Tatum because he has been historically very durable. I think he's got a very clear... Um, role in the team. He's the lead guy. Even though you've got Kristaps Porzingis and now Drew Holiday joining the team, I still think this is Jason Tatum's team. The team's going to need him to play a lot of minutes. They're quite shallow. I was expecting before the Drew Holiday acquisition for him to rise and assist, but I'm no longer really projecting that now. I think it'll be quite similar to last year. So I, I kind of expected him to do more of the same of what he did last season. You might even see a slight regression because you've got a couple of players who are maybe more usage dominant than um, the players they're replacing in Robert Williams, Brogdon, and Marcus Smart. But I still think that 
the team will bend around Jason Tatum and he's safe enough to get at this spot. He's young enough that I still trust his body. He's young enough that he still could even take another step forward. Maybe his efficiency comes up. Maybe he just goes to another half level here. So Jason Tatum feels to me like a very safe pick at number six. Um, But again, I could take this next guy ahead of him if you preferred to. And that next guy is Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time. He is, again, another player that um, feels quite safe in his role. In the offseason, you've traded Jordan Poole. You've gotten back Chris Paul. Draymond Green is out to start the season, or at least going to be out for the uh, preseason and training camp. So maybe to start the year, he gets a boost in his assist numbers. But I actually do expect his assist to drop compared to last year. But they're going to really still rely on him to score, shoot a lot of threes, get to the free throw line because you've added in Chris Paul instead of um, Jordan Poole. So there are some points there that he, Clay, and Wiggins are going to have to make up because it's not going to be Chris Paul doing that. So I still think you're going to see a very healthy diet of Steph Curry shots. He's going to lead the league in three-pointers again for what seems like the 10th year in a row. Um, So elite contributions there. Elite free throw percentage. His efficiency rose back up after a a down year the year prior. Um, He's actually not a bad rebounder for a guard as well at over six per game last season. So a really, really solid guy there. I think um, the fingers crossed he's a little bit older, which kind of pushes him down behind someone like a Jason Tatum just because, again, the Warriors have been shown to rest some of their older players. They don't quite have that luxury this season with a few of their depth pieces um, being moved out and... um, you know, they've also got other old players like Chris Paul on the bench as well. So they're full of old players. And I think Steph Curry is still going to be their most important. So he will need to play lots of games and lots of minutes um, this season. So I have him at number seven. Number eight is Lamelo Ball, who is, again, we're going to call this kind of an end of a tier. So I think you've got the first two in the two centers. Then you've got a three-guard run at uh, Tyrese um, Shea and Luca. Then you've got Tatum, Steph Curry, and Lamelo Ball in another three-player grouping, in my opinion. So I could take Lamelo Ball as high as six if you really wanted to. For me, I now don't think I can let him fall past eight, uh, in my opinion, though, because again, some people might be concerned about the ankle issues. I am not concerned at all. He rolled his ankle twice, once on a fan, which was a freak accident. And when you roll your ankle twice, the third time you go over, it's more prone to you know getting that ankle fracture, which he did suffer. But he was a guy who was um, I was projecting to go around this kind of spot last season, and I think you're just going to see the next step in his career. He's elite in assists and steals. He's one of the better three-point volume players in the entire NBA. Um, he's also a great rebounder for a guard as well. So. Yes, his field goal percentage will be poor, but in a head-to-head league, in a minus one setting, you can easily punt this ranking. So in a Roto League, maybe I wouldn't go quite as high on a player like Lamelo. And if we circle back to someone like a Luca, maybe not as quite, quite as high on someone like that. So those two players definitely get more of a boost in a head-to-head league than a Roto League. But again, I just feel more confident with Lamelo Ball's role and his production at a younger age. I'm not worried about the injury uh, from last season. Being a young player, I think he's going to bounce back fine and do his thing. Similar to a Tyrese Halliburton, maybe not the 25, 30 point per night scorer, but I think he will still step it up again, another little notch in his scoring. So should approach 23, 24 points per game in my opinion. And then the free throw percentage is another really solid part of his game. 
Um, so I think, again, just a really safe, in my opinion, guy in terms of his role and production this season. Easy to uh, build around a punt field goal percentage for my taste. And I think at number eight, he's the end of a, another tier grouping for the first round is LaMelo Ball. Here is where we get into the section of the draft that I don't like. Okay, so this is where I have a lot of question marks. I have a lot of concerns about players' health, players' role, and also just fit and build. So at number nine, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who was disappointing last year. Again, I'm not worried about the free throw percentage in a head-to-head league. You just punt this in a nine. Uh, sorry, in a roto league. No, I'm not drafting him this high. He's probably a second-round guy to me in a Roto League when you finally decide to go, okay, I'm going to punt the free throw percentage. But in a head-to-head league, you can go straight into that and lean into that category, lean into that. His minus-one ranking puts him right up here. Um, But the thing that concerned me from last year was that the defensive numbers fell back. So he went down to under a steal and a block last year. So if we look at his numbers... Again, the the free throw percentage was horrible. It was the worst uh, negative in the entire landscape of fantasy basketball. Um, But again, you punt that category and he goes right up to uh, basically a top 10 player. The thing that we would hope to see is that the 0.8 steals and 0.8 blocks goes closer to 1 and 1 with the acquisition of Damian Lillard. So I think Lillard comes in. He probably doesn't see as many scoring opportunities. So he averaged 31.1 points per game. I think that's going to be closer to 28 points per game this season. The assists, you could also see taking a small hit as well. Probably not as big of a hit as his scoring. But the hope is that he goes back to doing more steals and blocks, which he was doing the season prior. He also has a new coach in um, in the team as well. So that could uh, positively affect his minutes. He only played 32 minutes a night last season. A lot of these other star NBA players are playing 35, 36 minutes per night. So could we see that rise a little bit this season? Um, could very well happen. But again, the seasons prior, he was at 1.1 seals, 1.4 blocks, 1.2 seals, 1.2 blocks. And then the year before that, 1.0, 1. 1.0. So I think that that should hopefully be the minimum for him in terms of getting those steals and block numbers back up. And if it goes even higher than what I have projected at 101, he could even be someone that moves up uh, the board. The last thing we need to cons- uh, worry about with Giannis is that nagging knee injury. He's got a chronic knee injury, which he's looked after basically the last three or four seasons. So he's played in the last four seasons, 63, 67, 61, 63. So I think his cap basically is 65 games per year. So keep that in mind. Uh, but most of these first-round guys aren't playing much more than that anyway. So I think it's at least something that they're monitoring quite well, and it's not like he's missing huge chunks at any given time, uh, but it is something that seems to be ongoing with Yana, so you do need to take that into consideration. But I have him still at number nine. And I have his teammate, Damian Lillard, his new teammate at number 10. So in a head-to-head league setting, Damian Lillard has been a guy that I've been happy in the past few seasons uh, prior to injuries. Been happy to grab him as early as five or six. He's a perfect head-to-head player because of his extremely high strengths in points, threes, assists, and free throw percentage. Um, You punt the field goals, you grab some bigs later, and he is a great guy to build around. Some of those strengths just come down a little bit this season. So again, compared to last year, I'm expecting a drop in points, um, threes, assists, and free throw attempts. 
but he's still going to be very good in those areas. He goes from just being top tier, the best of the best in those categories, to do very good. So I still think he's going to be a first-round value, especially in minus one rankings. Maybe in a Roto League, he falls a little bit further than this, but I do also think that he's a guy that wants to play games. We saw the reports come out about him being shitty at the uh, Trailblazers for asking him to sit games. So if anything, that at least gets me to think that, okay, He's going to want to play if he's good to go. So that's a positive thing for Damian Lillard, which helps, I think, with the durability aspect. So I have him here at number 10. Um, Again, in this kind of tier to round out the first round, 9, 10, 11, and 12. If you wanted to take him before Giannis or at the end at number 12, I I wouldn't argue to you too much. I think he belongs at still here, however, at the end of the first round, at worst start of the second round, even after being traded till the Morky Bucks. And at number 11, second last pick of the first round, I do have Kevin Durant coming in at this spot. Kevin Durant has actually been the hardest player for me to pick in this first round. I don't really know where I want to draft him. I've settled here at pick 11. He obviously is joining, um, well, he's joined in Phoenix by Bradley Beal this season. They now have also traded Jandre Ayton for Nurkic and Grayson Allen. I don't think that affects him too much, but he is old. He is also very... um, Injury prone. He has had a lot of seasons. If we talk about the next guy who we are, I'm sure we're going to get to and talk about injury proneness, Kevin Durant of everyone on this list has played the least amount of games in the past three seasons. If I just bring up his numbers here, in the past three seasons, last year he played, where is it? He played 47 games, the year before 55, and the year before that 35. So he hasn't cleared 55 games in the past three seasons. So that is by far the worst durability out of anyone on this list. So, and the combined the fact that he's 35 years old, that does give me pause um, and, and concern about drafting him as a durable player. So with my second pick, I would want someone who's a little bit more safe, maybe a younger player that I feel more confident is going to get out there. And the other thing that has me a little bit down on Durant when it, I put my head-to-head brain on is he just is a more difficult player to build a punt strategy around. In a Roto League, you can probably boost him up a little bit higher than this because I think he is a, more of that diverse contributor. His missed games maybe don't hurt you quite as much because you're putting someone off your bench to replace him. But I just don't... I find it harder to rely on someone like Kevin Durant in a head-to-head format, especially when he doesn't give me enormous boosts to um, any one particular category or, or a couple different categories. He's great, don't get me wrong, and I've got him you know, top 11, but I just think that compared to some of the, the other guys who have more defined strengths, Kevin Durant just falls back a little bit for me, and I've settled on him at number 11. And then the final player to round up my top 12 in category leagues is Anthony Davis. Again, backing up an injury-prone player with Anthony Davis, who obviously has that injury-prone label to him. He actually has played more games than Kevin Durant in the past three seasons, so keep that in mind. But again, he's just someone that goes down a lot last year. He he actually was relatively healthy, played 56 games, and all of that was missed due to one kind of major injury. A lot of the times with Anthony Davis, he misses bunches of time here and there throughout the year. Versus last year was kind of one chunk from uh, December through to the end of January that he missed a bunch of games. But otherwise, he was pretty healthy. And there was a big stretch of the year that he was the number one ranked player for fantasy basketball. So again, you could argue that he goes as high as nine to me if you wanted to take a bit more of a risk on a player like that. 
I just think that you settle him back down a little bit here, a bit more. There's a little bit of concern in my mind that maybe with the acquisition of Christian Wood and some of these other guys that he plays a little bit more power forward, less center, which maybe drops his rebounds, which went went from 9.9 all the way up to 12.5 last year. Big improvement. I don't know how realistic that is to expect again this year, but outside of that, I think all the other numbers are replicatable. Um, So for me, he is the last guy in this top 12 list here. So let me know down below, guys, what do you think? I'm going to go through two more names here that I think you could also consider as a first-round player. Again, the end of the first round, you're often starting to talk about pairings and things like that, but just some food for thought on these final two guys. As honorable mentions, I've got Trey Young, and I've also got Kyrie Irving as guys that you could consider towards the end of the first round. Now, Trey Young is a guy that early in the preseason, he was going second, sometimes third round. He is starting to come back up a little bit now, but I still think there's some really good value on him. And again, we talk about head-to-head leagues. We're looking for strengths. We're looking for players who are elite in certain categories. In a minus one setting, when you drop away his terrible blocks, um, he really shoots up. He's probably going to be right up there in terms of leading the league in assists. He's an excellent, excellent contributor to the free throw line. He gets there a lot of times during the game and shoots it at a very high percentage. So, one of the best in free throws, assists, and points. You would hope the threes come back. They kind of fluctuate year to year for him, but he should give you at least two and a half threes per game. You, you worry about the rebounds, and if you want to worry about the field goal percentage, you can do that a bit later in drafts. But it is very hard to get those assists and free throw percentage later in drafts, and he is one of the best in both of those categories. So I am still okay taking him towards the end of the first or start of the second. And then Kyrie Irving, He's a guy that probably even higher than this when it comes to nine cat or a roto setting. I think you could argue to take him ahead of someone like a Giannis, ahead of someone like a Lamelo Ball. Um, you know, in that kind of first round there in a head-to-head league, he actually is more even across the board with his stats, but still very good in points, threes, assists. His steals are decent. His free throw percentage is great. He actually gives you a decent amount of blocks as well for a guard. Um, I do think his assists scale back a little bit. Again, playing next to Luca, I think they affect each other slightly in that category. But again, um, he is someone that you could definitely consider close to that first round. In, in Roto Leagues, definitely. Head-to-head leagues, I prefer him as a second-round guy. But I still think that he is someone that if you, again, look at the end of the season and you see a single-digit number next to his name, I would not be surprised at all. He's been relatively durable from a physical point of view. There is always the Kyrie Irvingness that comes along with drafting a player like that. Uh, so he more than likely will miss some games because of some shenanigan or another. But um, fingers crossed that maybe this year in, in Dallas he um, he finally settles down and just goes out and plays basketball. Who knows? But you can't deny the fact that when he plays, he plays really well and really puts up good fancy stats. So for me, again, I think he is a fine pick at the start of the second or in the first round in Roto Leagues where you can deal with him missing time a little bit more easily. So... That will do it for us today for this podcast, guys. Let me know what your thoughts are. Do you have them in a different order? I would love for you guys to drop down your top 12 rankings in order down in the comments. Um, And if you disagree, let me know and tell me why you disagree. Or if you like a point that I've made, let me know that as well. Drop a big old thumbs up on this one here. We are continuing off our top 25 most interesting fantasy players as well. So they're going to be coming out every single day. Tomorrow, we're going to do a points league first round and heaps of more fantasy basketball content coming. I'll catch you guys later. Bye.
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.